0: Developing story into NFL Live with some major news out of Buffalo. Von Diggs was not on the field for the start of mandatory minicamp today. How
2: concerned are you about that? Oh, very concerned. Internally, we're we're working on some things as an organization
0: maybe not communicating the right way.
2: When you say we got a problem, it's even a bigger problem. When it becomes personal, you then have to regain trust. Something is wrong in Buffalo.
0: He's a Buffalo Bill, and um, you know, we're, we're gonna work it out. <sighs> Safe to say it was a strange day in Buffalo on Tuesday. Of course, Tavon Diggs at the center of it. We'll dive into the latest here on NFL Live. We've got two quarterbacks with me today. We've got Tim Hasselbeck, we've got Dan Orlovsky. Adam Schefter with us as well. He has the inside scoop on everything. Let's begin in Buffalo. As the day after missing practice at the team's mandatory minicamps, Tavon Diggs was on the field today in Buffalo with his teammates, took part in some individual drills. That included some work with quarterback Josh Allen. Head coach Sean McDermott spoke to the media just about an hour ago.
3: Let me be clear, Steph did everything that we that he was asked to do. He was here Monday and executed his physical on time. Steph reported yesterday, Tuesday. We just felt like we all needed a break and some space. I gave Steph permission to get some space. It was not Steph leaving unexcused, he was excused by me. We all want the same thing. We all want to win.
2: I don't totally know what's going on, so I can't answer it, but I'm sure it'll work itself out one way or another. and. Uh However it does, we'll all, we'll all know together, and we'll answer it there.
0: All right, so, Shefty, in some ways, the headline was that Stephon Diggs
4: was back on the field today, but is everything okay now in Buffalo? Well, Phil, they met before he went out to practice, and they spoke every single day this week while they were there, and Sean McDermott is saying that things are good. But he has to say that, and they want it to be good, and it is good for now. But the question is, how long does it last and it may last as long as they're getting Stefan Diggs the football, getting him the football in spots that he wants it, making him feel like he is the incredibly high paid receiver that he deserves to be. There are a lot of things here that they're monitoring. Look, this is like a couple that has had a disagreement. They're trying to sort through it to make sure that moving forward, there are no issues, there are no assurances or guarantees that it won't crop up again. It's certainly there, the potential's there for that. But right now, Diggs is back on the field. He's in the building. He's a part of the team. They can't trade him because it would be a $31 million cap it that makes him virtually untradeable. So they are stuck with each other, left with no other choice but to sort through it and work it out.
0: Yeah, so Dan, it feels like we still have maybe more questions than answers, but if you're Josh Allen, you've got a seemingly unhappy wide receiver. I'm not. By the way, just you know, uh, but, but I wanted to good. clarify for those that maybe yeah. confuse you guys. <laughs> which does happen on occasion. But if you were Josh Allen and you had an unhappy wide receiver of this caliber, how would you go about fixing things?
3: Delicately. You, you know, I think there's two things for Josh to focus on. Number one, you have to take accountability if you played any part in maybe his um, discomfort or displeasure with the situation, Stephon Diggs, and I think Josh did that. And You probably have to take some accountability for stuff that maybe isn't your fault mm, just to make yeah. sure that your receiver hears that a little bit. And then I think probably the most um, – Focused thing would be the most important thing has to remain the most important thing that's winning while also paying a lot of attention to a really important thing. If that makes sense, you know, like the most important thing for Josh is doing everything he can to make sure that he's playing winning football or getting ready to play winning football, but also not ignoring this. Like this is still a really important thing for Josh Allen and his relationship with Stefan Diggs, The, the likelihood of them winning a lot of games and, and Steph not being a, a pivotal part is, is minimal. So it's still very important, but it cannot become the most important thing for Josh Allen.
2: Yeah, and I think Josh did a good job of, of what you're saying. Yeah. Is like yesterday, Josh talked about He's like, look, that's my guy. Like, I, I, this doesn't work without Stephon Diggs being here and being on board. And I think to your point, Dan, like I think he took some ownership of like, yeah. hey, as, a, as an organization, we could communicate better, maybe even putting himself into that. So I think Josh Allen – did the right thing. I think the thing that is as we sit here in June that is probably a little bit concerning if you are the Buffalo Bills is that he, you have a player that you need to get where you want to go right. and he's unhappy with something and so while you might be able to smooth it over and be like hey, well whatever the issue is we're going to give you the ball more. You're going to be more involved. You get more input in terms of how we're using you whatever it may be. Well, what happens, you know, in January or late December when you get targeted four times in your front, you lose. Does this all come flying back yeah. up? That would be the concern I have because now also we know about it. Yeah, because mm. of what happened yesterday. We know about it yeah. now, which yeah. means they're all going to get peppered with questions.
3: You know what else is really important is it cannot become Josh Allen versus Stefan Diggs or Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs versus Sean McDermott or Josh Allen and Sean McDermott versus Stephon Diggs, the most important relationship in the building, A- everyone says is like the quarterback and the head coach, right? Mm-hmm. That That's the most important. But the reality is it's all three of them. You know, like they, they got to make sure that none
4: of this becomes
3: um us versus that person yeah. type of situation.
4: Well, here's what I also would say. We've heard from Sean McDermott saying that things are good, that they've talked through things. We haven't heard that from Stephon Diggs yet. What well, we've heard from Stephon Diggs and recent days is a bunch of cryptic tweets that we haven't been able to decipher showing that he's clearly unhappy. Now, again, maybe he feels better about the conversations that took place over the course of the past three days. But these have been issues that have been building for weeks, and we will continue to track this and monitor it to see how it impacts him going forward in Buffalo. The
0: Bills are scheduled for one more day of minicamp tomorrow don't think we'll hear from Stefan Diggs, but I guess the possibility does exist. Let's stay in the AFC East as the DeAndre Hopkins visit tour continues. Begins tonight in New England, goes into tomorrow. The Patriots are hosting the five-time All-Pro after his release from the Cardinals right at the end of May. Uh, Chef, we also know that DeAndre Hopkins has visited with the Titans. What does this tell you about the
4: market so far? For him? Well, it tells you the market so far has not been what he had hoped it would be. There have not been this... Endless line of teams lining up to bid for his services. There is interest, but it has come from Tennessee and New England, two teams that he did not list as quarterbacks who he really wanted to go play with. Now, again, these are two strong organizations with good pass. But I think Hopkins has been looking to play with a more decorated quarterback so far. But these are the two visits that have materialized. So he's in New England. That visit will continue through tomorrow morning. Again, it's been a flat market. It doesn't sound like he's in any rush to rush into a deal. Look, you don't have to sign in the middle of June when you can wait until right before training camp. For all we know, some team suffers an injury, some team loses a receiver, the dynamics change and shift, and there could be more leverage at some point in time for DeAndre Hopkins. So he can listen to Tennessee, he can listen to New England, he can see what they're offering, but there's no rush, and he can wait until a firmer offer from another team materializes, doesn't sound like he's in a rush to do anything right now.
0: All right, guys, so so let's say an, a signing is not imminent, Tim, but still, yeah. let's evaluate what it was what this would mean for for Mac Jones specifically, because going into a critical third year, how much would this allow the Patriots to kind of evaluate where he's at? It
2: would be a huge help. Well, think about critical third year. Mac Jones got benched last season for Bailey Zappi, mm. he was a first round draft pick who got bench for a guy that was never a lock to make the roster last year. So I, I think that we got to understand at how bad last year was. The coordinator situation, I think in terms of evaluating Mac Jones, I think you almost have to throw it away, mm. which is why surrounding him with talent so that you can figure out All right, is this a guy who's a pillar building block for this organization? And look, I I don't hate the additions that they've made on offense. Like, look, I I think Juju Smith Schuster can fill a a nice role. I I think that Kendrick Bourne's got a lot of speed. But they're not ones. No, they're not. And so, and look, I think you can debate whether Hopkins is still a one, but Hopkins with other good pieces. And a tight end that's got a unique skill set, Mike Kosecki, then I think all of a sudden, like, yeah, like there shouldn't be excuses of why Mac Jones maybe doesn't play much better, especially with Bill O'Brien back as the offense coordinator.
3: Very clearly, New England can't let him out of the building. Uh, they can't. Well, Both for like their football team, yeah. And for their quarterback. R- you aren't a playoff contending football team right now in New England. You're going to have a top 7, 8, 9, 10 defense, but your offense isn't explosive enough or powerful enough in the AFC. You get DeAndre Hopkins, you have a chance. I'm not sitting here saying it's a lock, but you have a chance. You don't have one without a player like DeAndre Hopkins. And Matt Jones has no chance to prove that he is your future at quarterback unless you bring him some help. And everybody else's role, to Tim's point, becomes a little bit more what they're accustomed to. Like, he comes there, and maybe he's not the number one that we put... Uh, a Justin Jefferson at, but yeah. he's their number one. Mm. So then Juju's their number two. Are there tight ends with both Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki, they can play that 12 tight end role. Born Thornton, their second-year wide, second wide receiver, becomes the vertical threat. So if you're New England, and you're being honest about your roster, and you want to legit be a playoff contender this year, you cannot let DeAndre Hopkins out of your building, both for your football team and your third-year quarterback, who, who, reminding everybody, who's on his third offensive coordinator, In three
4: years they can let him out of the building and you say that they want to make him the number one wide receiver if they're gonna make him the number one wide receiver that means they're gonna have to pay him more than they paid Juju Smith-Schuster who got a three-year 25 million dollar contract and I don't know that New England is in position to do that right now when that number would be higher than what other teams have been willing to offer that doesn't sound like the Patriot way yes they absolutely could use his services yes He would be more talented than any wide receiver. They've had no arguments there. But the dynamics are such that it would throw the situation in a little bit of topsy-turvy because right now they're paying Juju at a certain level. I don't know that they can or are willing to go to another level for DeAndre Hopkins. And so it's not as simple as just not letting him out of the building. They can let him out of the building and work on it and continue to revisit and try to sign him. But I think they can afford to let him out of the building, and let's see what happens here down the line.
0: Last thing here on uh, DeAndre Hopkins and the Patriots. It should be noted because there's been a lot of sort of wondering what kind of relationship does he have now with current Patriots offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien. This is from Diana Rossini this morning, and DeAndre Hopkins is expected to visit with the Patriots later today and tomorrow morning. For those who have raised some concerns about Patriots offensive coordinator Bill Bill O'Brien, and Hopkins' past relationship in Houston, sources have shared... There's no animosity at all. So one potential roadblock are evidently already avoided. We have another major storyline from the AFC Eastern minicamps this month, Shefty, and that has been Quinnin Williams and his desire for a new yeah. deal from the Jets. Where do we know there?
4: Look, everybody's about to take off on vacation. The Jets already have canceled their mandatory minicamp for this week, and I'm thinking that one thing that they would love to get done Before the week is wrapped up is take this off the table. Make sure that one of the top young players in the game is taken care of. And I don't think it would surprise people around the league if this deal got wrapped up at some point this week. Hmm. I think the two sides have been working on this. They've been trying to get it done. And if this deal gets done at some point this week, I don't think a lot of people would be surprised. The Jets have prioritized them. You see the guaranteed money that has been given out recently to defensive linemen. Deron Payne got a new deal this offseason. Jeffrey Simmons got a new deal this offseason. Dexter Lawrence got a new deal this offseason. The next big money defensive lineman deal to come in will be Quinn and Williams. That deal will get done at some point in time. And again, I don't think it would be a shock if it was this week.
0: Okay. Keep an eye on that one out there in what, with the New York Jets, I should say. Hey, still to come here on NFL Live. We've got two quarterbacks in studio today. We're going to put the spotlight on some of the quarterbacks with major questions this offseason. First, one up? Prescott, that's next. Dan get taking us up, to school in the touch screen ahead. What if in 2024
1: you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Try Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are designed by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed by real people for real conversations. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash tackle. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash tackle. Rules and restrictions may apply. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: NFL Live is brought to you by FX's The Bear. All episodes streaming June 22nd only on Hulu. And our next UFC fight night is Saturday from the Apex in Las Vegas with our middleweight main event between third-ranked Marvin Vittori and fourth-ranked Jerry Cannoneer. Prelim start at 7 Eastern on ESPN2, followed by the main card at 10 Eastern on ESPN and ESPN Plus. Got a couple of quarterbacks in studio today, so we have to take advantage of those resources. We asked them to give us a few quarterbacks that have some question marks surrounding them heading into the season. We start with Dak Prescott in Dallas. He threw 15 interceptions last year, tied with Davis Mills for the most in the NFL. That's despite the fact that Prescott played only 12 games due to a broken thumb. He also posted the highest interception rate by any quarterback in a season since Jameis Winston and Baker Mayfield back in 2019. His head coach and newly minted play caller Mike McCarthy talked about the plans for Dak this offseason.
2: I love the way we've challenged Dak mentally and, and, and more and more importantly, I love the way he's attacked it. He, he has uh, he's really handled these changes and adjustments, You know the input. quarterback and it's just the way I've always done it It was like in Green Bay and all the way back to New Orleans they need to own offense this is our first year playing the way we want to play and he's done a a really good job of taking ownership of that and then with that you know the mental challenges um, you know he has, he's knocked it out of the park
0: All right, so, Dan, you were the one that pointed us in the direction of Dak, and obviously we're going to work on some of the negatives. What's one positive that Mike McCarthy has to make sure he doesn't lose?
3: I still think Dak is really good in the play-action game, and I still think he's really good when they run some tempo and give him ownership of the line of scrimmage. The flaws. These situational forces that I'm going to force everyone to pay attention to when they're in their play-action game and when they're in their uh, at the line of scrimmage game, it's great. The situational forces were the issue last year. Yeah. Pay attention. Third and ten against the Colts last year. Now the coverage is going to be this. This safety is going to drop down and call what we're, play what we call three buzz week. Now, what happens in that, because we have three receivers of trips down here, and that single receiver up there, is that single receiver is going to essentially become man-to-man coverage versus Stephon Gilmore. Now, the Cowboys have a very good play to try to attack the coverage that the Colts are going to run. They're going to take CeeDee Lamb and run him through as an alert. Now, Dak Prescott's going to see that drop down safety. he drops down too much, he could throw it over the top. The second part of it is, when that CeeDee Lamb route goes through, you want to try to lift that Safety dropping down, okay? And then the second part is this. Michael Gallup up top has like we call an outer shake. And then an out route by Zeke. The read for the quarterback is very simple. 1-2 to off of that alert. Now Dak does a great job, again, 3rd and 10, of holding his eyes, seeing that safety drop down, and confirming that he's going to turn his hips and go vertical with CeeDee Lamb. Now it gets to Michael Gallup. Now as Dak gets his eyes back side, here's the thing that stands out to me. Stephon Gilmore has won this route. Michael Gallup is dead right now. He's right on his hip. He's playing outside leverage. It's 3rd and 10. Ball likely has to go to the back. But you're going to see Dak force the football, easy interception. Now, I want everyone to really pay attention at home to Dak Prescott here. I'm going to slow it down because what you're going to see is Dak sees it. This is what I say is a force. Right now, Dak goes to pull the trigger, right? He's dropped the ball. His hands are separated. He wants to throw the football. But again, Gilmore has won this route. That is a win by the defense. You're gonna see the double clutch right here. Watch the double clutch. He's gonna double-hitch, pulls it back in, and there's that force. That ball should just get grounded or thrown for a two-yard completion yep. to Ezekiel Elliott. So this is why I say like these situational forces are a part of Dak's game that he's gotta fix. I mentioned it was third and 10. Look at these numbers. 20% of his pass is tight windows. No one was open. 11 out of his 17 interceptions were when the team needed 10 yards or more for a first down. So, out of those 11 of 17, they were trying to force the ball downfield. Eight yeah. of those were on third down. So, so often, it was like, I have to try to force the football downfield. We, You saw it, that double clutch.
2: He saw he that yep. Stefan Gilmer had won the route, but he still. Mm-hmm. The football. And what you're talking about like the mental aspect of a situational football like hey I know third down is different than first down situation in the game end of the half is different another time during the game and I think what's really interesting you're Mike McCarthy in that sound talking about this is the first year we're doing it the way we want to be doing it like I need to take a step back from yeah. that for a second like Kellen Moore in his four years as the offensive coordinator there. Like, only the, the Chiefs have scored more points than the yeah, over that, really that They've been awesome. Like, they, they've been creative. They Like, Dak has understood what Kellen was trying to do. I think this adjustment to Mike McCarthy, who wasn't really all that creative at the end in Green Bay, and Brian, Schein, Brian Schottenheimer, like, I think there's a step back hmm. before there's ever a production. step forward. Yes. Now, listen, maybe you doesn't present itself in wins and losses, but offensive production, absolutely.
3: And I think, like, that's the big part of this off-season conversation. If you're Mike McCarthy and Shadi and Dak Prescott is asking the question of, like, why were there so many forces? Again, 17 interceptions, 11 of them were when we needed 10 yards or more. Mm. Eight of them on third and long. So if, if you can get Dak Prescott to answer why we did that and not have to feel that pressure, I think it makes me feel better that he can get rid of those interceptions issues from last year
0: it's been just a couple of off seasons as we were talking contract with Dak Prescott but here we are again it is a thing shift what more can you tell us about where things stand with Dak and a possible new deal
4: well Phil you're right it was a thing in the past it seemed to come up on a regular basis and it's going to start coming up on a more frequent basis right now because he's got two years left on his contract his cap number for next year is almost 60 million dollars and already the Cowboys owner Jerry Jones has come out and said they'd like to get a Dak Prescott extension done at some point this summer. Because if they wait longer than that, the cost could become too prohibitive to have to do again in the offseason. And it would set up the idea that Dak Prescott could become a free agent when the contract expires. So both sides are invested and interested in making this happen. And at some point this summer, again, it also wouldn't be a surprise if they got together, sat down and figured out something that helped the Cowboys get some cap relief and kept Dak Prescott under contract for a more extensive period of time. It feels like half the quarterbacks
0: in the league right now are either due for an extension or it's coming right around the corner. It's good to be a quarterback a these days in the <laughs> yeah. NFL. Hey, coming up, after a bumpy start to his tenure in Denver, you know what I, why our guys think Russell Wilson, he's take a step back to move forward. More quarterback questions just around the corner here on NFL Live.
5: Must be
1: 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
0: Our right, Wednesday night doubleheader starts at 7 Eastern with the Yankees and Mets. At City Field, after that, it's a West Coast primetime game between the White Sox and Dodgers. Both games are on ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and the ESPN app. All right, now arena. React to some sound from mini camps today. We start in Baltimore where Lamar Jackson is ready for year one on the field with OBJ.
1: I think you looked pretty
2: smooth. Uh, Chris routes, um, great hands. As everybody knows, you know, he can catch the ball. look pretty good out there. The more I'm being here, it helps um, it
3: helps both of us out a lot. Just so we can just um, keep our chemistry going, keep building on chemistry, because the season's right there, you know. Off-season pretty much over with. Dana, what intrigues you
0: about this offense? Yeah.
3: Everything, but the, those three wide receivers, Odell Beckham, Rajab Bateman, and then Zay Flowers, the rookie out of Boston College. I think they're all relatively interchangeable. They can play inside, they can play outside. You can use those guys in motion. You can give them a little bit of freedom. They can all be vertical people. I think you can stack them in bunches and two-man stacks. So a lot of them have a bunch of different skill sets that I think makes this offense even more multiple with the different ways that they can be used both inside and outside and all their different assets and
0: strengths. Let's go to Green Bay where uh, head coach Matt LaFleur was asked how much his offense changes with Jordan Love in place of Aaron Rodgers under sector.
5: Is it inaccurate when people say that now they'll run more of your offense because of all I always laugh
1: at that. I mean, to be honest with you, I was like, okay, I don't know what that means, but it's always our offense, and it's not about one person in, in this building. It's about all of us, all our players, all our coaches, and how we want to attack. And I would say it's a very fluid process.
0: All right, Tim, you buying the idea of minimal changes in Green Bay?
2: No, I'm not buying it. Here's the (laughs) deal. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, it's your Green Bay Packer offense. But you could call a run, LaFleur, and if Aaron Rodgers wanted to spit the ball out and throw it to somebody, he had the freedom to do that. There's not going to be the same type of freedom for Jordan Love. I think this offense is going to look a lot like Sean McVay's offense when he first got to the Rams. Remember, Robert Woods always kind of crossing the backfield, misdirection runs, and then play action passing game. Off of that, I think that's what they want it to look like. I think it's what they were trying to do. I think it's a good fit for Jordan Love. But I think it will look drastically different than it did with Aaron Rodgers under center.
0: Let's get back to our quarterbacks facing big questions this offseason. Tim, you were the one that pointed us in the direction of Russell Wilson. A lot went wrong in Wilson's first season with the Broncos, but it's safe to say that it wasn't all his fault. He was sacked nearly four times per game and pressured on 35% of his dropbacks, the fourth highest rate in the NFL. In comes Sean Payton, who look to have a similar impact on Wilson as he did with Drew Brees in the later stages of his career. During the last five seasons of Brees' career, he was pressured at the second lowest rate in the NFL. Chep, the second time we're talking about a marriage on NFL Live. What do we know about the first couple of months of
4: the Russ and Payton marriage in Denver? Well, this marriage right now is going better than the Stephon Diggs one in Buffalo Field. That's the encouraging part. <laughs> There's a lot to build upon. And Russell Wilson has shown up during the off-season program. He's lost weight. He looks in better shape than he was at this time last year. He's working with Sean Payton, who was the one head coach that he was hoping that the Denver Broncos would hire. He got his wish. And so we've now married up the coach he wanted with a hungry Russell Wilson. And it all adds up to him hopefully returning to form for the Broncos' sake and being the type of quarterback they thought they were getting when they traded for him over a year ago. They're encouraged so far. We'll see how that translates during the season, but they like what they have seen from him during this offseason program so far.
0: Jeffy, honeymoon stage. We all know that. Let's keep this marriage uh, <laughs> metaphor going, right? Well, well, that done right there. So good. The minute the, I mean, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. these okay. are empty pages, uh, the <laughs> minute you have to start to talk, and I was ready for that one. Uh, but Tim, this is one of the quarterbacks, that, of course, you brought up lots of not like last year.
2: Yeah. Let's begin with the positives. Well, listen, th- what to like? He's been a great player historically. Yeah. Okay. And then Sean Payton's arrival, yep. right? So like, th- there is. There is reason to be optimistic and I think the other reason you need to be optimistic is you look at some of it and field you said it wasn't all his fault last year which is true. But I think that Russell Wilson needs to make things easier Mm. like playing quarterback in the NFL is hard. (laughs) Don't make it harder than it needs to be. And so we're going to play against the Colts here. And now he alerts this, so this is interesting. Normally you see a quarterback, go ahead and alert it. You can see the receivers kind of echoing it out. Mm. What that tells you is Russell Wilson knows knows what he's getting. Like he knows the coverage that he's getting and what he's getting is some form of too deep. You're going to get a split safety look. And the reason he probably alerts to this play is initially what they're going to do is they're going to run a concept a lot of people call it night. You're going to run a guy down the middle of the field, kind of a middle read, he's going to split those two safeties. And then you've got two under routes, okay? And basically the read for you ends up being this linebacker, okay? If that linebacker doesn't carry the seam, like, that's number one. That's where you're going. So now as we run this, you're going to see. They it out. You're going to get the split safety look. You got Jerry Judy running on a middle linebacker. Like, that's fine. A lot of people love this matchup. That's great. But here's the deal. Just think about it. We can't see the clock now, but it's, a, it's the first quarter. Yep. It's third and 12. This is week five. They have absolutely stunk on <laughs> offense till this point. Yeah. You don't need the highest degree of difficulty throw to make this happen. So we play this a little bit further, okay? You see the carry by the underneath coverage. He's running with it. Yep. That's a hard throw. Well, replace this defender with this underneath route guess what? He may score. He really has a good chance of getting the first down. Instead, you try to thread it in there. Not a terrible throw, but it's an incomplete pass, and now you're punting. I just think that as a quarterback, you've heard the saying, like, don't go broke taking a profit. Just because it's third and 12 doesn't mean you have to throw it 14 yards. Play it out the way the offense is designed. That's what you're going to be asked to do under Sean Payton. So, I just think Russ made it harder on himself last year than he needed to.
3: It's a great clip. A couple of reasons why. Number one, they got a great defense. Points versus their defense, no matter what they are, are great. Hard to come Number back two, to. and I think Sean Payton probably ones, runs one of the more connected offenses in the NFL. Everything is always attached to everything. You know, and Sean is going to call plays 10 to 12, 15 of a game that they're just completion plays. I'm I'm building in the, he built in a completion there. There's a shot that if the defense doesn't make the play, we got it, but if not, there's a completion there. If you don't oblige to those completions, he never gives you the big play opportunities. Mm. So, you like, Russ has got to do a really disciplined job, of taking the easy completions that his coach is going to build in so then he has the chance to push the ball downfield a little bit more.
2: Yeah, no, it's a great point. Like, scripted completions matter. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. why, like, we like we see Kyle Shanahan. Anybody that's ever played, it's like, man, Kyle does such a great job <laughs> of getting you completions. You don't think it's just but, easy 10 yeah, yards. And great. listen, it helps. It gets you in a rhythm. And so that's kind of my point a little bit about the struggle. Like, when you're struggling and you're like, man, I, I got to find a completion. I got to find a first down. Listen, sometimes, like, it's a good feeling with a catch-and-run opportunity. Yep. Sure. So I just, I don't know that he ever really embraced that.
3: And he's never been that type of player, though. That's the most fascinating part about this yeah, marriage. Yeah. Russell has never been that guy that is willing to take the boring. Now, he's made incredible jaw-dropping, big-time plays, whether his feet or pushing the ball downfield. But Shaw wants that, that um, pinpoint technician, dink-and-dunk quarterback. If you do that, if he does that, This would be a really good offense, and he'll be back to being Russell Wilson.
0: After a year in which it felt like he hit his own personal rock bottom, I kind of wonder, does he want that guidance? I would think he would want that guidance and direction from Sean Payton to get him back on track. All right, coming up, heading into a pivotal year three for Justin Fields, there were the Bears say the key to unlocking his potential is keeping his instincts less robotic. And what our quarterbacks say he needs to get better at
1: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
6: Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI – to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
0: Back at NFL Live, let's check in on some of the top stories here as Adam Schefter is back. Schefter, any movement on the Stefan Diggs story in Buffalo?
4: Feel enough movement that he was back at practice today after he spoke with Sean McDermott earlier today. Now, Sean McDermott said things are good, and I think we can take his word that things are good. But I think the key operative phrase would be, for now, we don't know how this is going to play out over time. We don't know whether Diggs is satisfied with the results of today's conversation, just as he had talked with Sean McDermott earlier in the week. But... He was back at practice. The Bills are communicating, and they are working on the issues that had him excused from practice yesterday. Meanwhile, DeAndre Hopkins is in New England to visit the Patriots in a visit that's supposed to go on through tomorrow morning. Doesn't seem to be in a rush to sign, has already visited the Tennessee Titans, now is with the New England Patriots. Again, no difference when he signed June 13th or July 13th, so Hopkins would like to take his time here, find the right home and the right situation. Now scouting out whether New England could be a particular fit. Meanwhile, the New York Jets would like to get a deal wrapped up with Quinton Williams at some point here in the near future, maybe even as early as this week. And there are people who think that the Jets could try to make one last push to get this deal done before they adjourn for their summer vacation. We've seen a whole host of big, Defensive tackle deals given in recent weeks. And we will obviously the Jets are hoping to get that deal done as well. And just a short time ago, two first round pick signings. Zay Flowers, the Ravens first round pick, reach agreement with the Ravens on the standard four-year deal. And the Buccaneers reach agreement with their first round pick, Kalaja Clancy.
0: Okay, I'm keeping my eyes on that Quinn and Williams one there from Shefty as well. Let's get back to our quarterbacks facing big questions this offseason. And Tim you want us to take a closer look at Justin Fields. Despite poor play from the Bears offensive line and lack of targets in the passing game, Justin Fields did improve significantly in year two. He more than doubled his touchdown to interception ratio and ran for over 1,100 yards, the second most by any quarterback in a single season in NFL history, only behind Lamar Jackson in 2019. His offensive coordinator, Luke Getzi still wants to see some tweaks, but certainly doesn't want him to lose that spark.
6: There's times that I could sit there and coach and say, you should do this, but then his instincts tell him to do something, and we have to trust that too. So I by no means will ever make that guy robotic. I don't believe in doing that with any player, and I think that, uh, but there's a way to refine it all and make, you know, improve our decision making and trusting our timing and rhythm, and we'll take it from there.
2: All right, Tim, what's up with the positives? Because yeah. there were a lot in year one to year two. Well, huge growth year one, year two. And I think one of the big things, they didn't make him robotic. You look at what he did year two, he looked like he was comfortable playing football. Mm. Like he was a football player. Dude. Taking off and running, and you're like, wow, like this guy's special. That should have been a negative play. And next thing you know, VR he cut. turns it in to the, the biggest play they had all game on the offensive side of the ball. And so I think that right there, you never want to lose that. Mm. Th- that is one of the things that makes him special now. Yet you can still coach him up to play inside the design of the offense and that's important. So you look at the Bears here. They get into what looks like it's first and 10 balls nearly at midfield. You got a wide receiver right here. Okay back here. So basically what that's kind of telling you is like look. This looks like a run formation and he's right next to a tight end. That, that's right here. OK, so like everyone is going to be kind of piled in. Now, the route combination that the Bears are going to end up running is they're going to run, you know, an over route kind of influence post to cross this safety in the middle of the field face, And then out here, you can't see him. You got an in cut coming. Okay, so now the read for the quarterback in this situation is, look, you want to read this safety in the middle of the field. If he favors that, that inside post or that crossing route, then you work outside. Well, as we play this, it's going to be play action. And you're going to see, it. it I don't love the route here with how shallow this over is. You know, it doesn't really uh, grab that safety's attention. But we play it a little bit further. Look, he opens his hips. Yeah. This safety opens his hip. Sure. Right now, you know if you're Justin Fields, you, you're, coming, you're coming out this direction. You're throwing this in-cut that's coming in here to, to Mooney. And when you do that, like right here, go ahead and pull it prior to that. Instead, he holds on the football. This should be a 20-yard game. Instead, on first down, it ends up being a sack. Hold on, I want to go real, like, I want to go back that, real quick. Like, is think, that, that's bad football.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I love that, and I, I think you're pointing to Reed. This is where I think Justin and this year matters. Because I agree with you, Tim, but right now, give me your perspective on this. This is a little bit of a dicey area, maybe, does he trust that that receiver is going to what we do, what we call come friendly back down to the ball and beat that
2: corner? Like, could that be part of the? I run? don't think that's it. Like, I look at that relationship with the safety in the middle of the yeah, field. And you're saying That ball's yeah. coming out, and I and I'm and I'm putting it like whether he drifts or not, the free safety's not a problem. Like the undercut. Like, listen, here's the deal. Yeah, you need to trust your guy. hundred percent. That. Like, here, just so people are very clear, when a quarterback throws an interception like that, quarterback's guy, that guy. Yes. Receiver's guy, that That guy. Sure. Like, that's the read. The read was the free safety. At that point, he's coming in, throw it to him. But you know what I'm saying? I think
3: maybe if it's a Chase Claypool this year or a DJ Moore, maybe he's a little bit more trusting. I agree, the word is trust. You know, when Justin came out of school, I think this is who Justin is. He is a how quickly, physically, can you be the guy that I gotta throw it to actually throwing it? Because for as remarkable of an athlete that he is, he's more of a power thrower than he is a sudden or a twitchy thrower. Mm. You know, we have some sudden and twitchy throwers in the league right now. It's it's Patrick. It's it's Joe Burrow. It's Lamar. He's not a twitchy thrower. He's more of a power guy. Yeah. I think that's part of that
2: development as well. well. I think too. Okay, like what Luke Getsky is saying is like, all right, here's the deal. This is simple. It's a two-man route. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're, we're, this is not brain science here. You know what I mean? Like, like we're, we're, we're rocket science. So here's what we're doing. We're coming off that fake. One, two. And so it's like, first hitch? No. Second hitch? He's like, go, throw. It's that, that it's, safety like, league. Yeah, I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, that's an easy one there. Yeah. Like, I'm, so for me, when I look at that, I'm like, you're not making a guy a robot by teaching him to do that.
0: Uh, as is the case with all members of that 2021 draft class, this is a pivotal year for those quarterbacks as, after this upcoming offseason, the Bears have to make a decision on the fifth-year option for Justin Fields. Obviously, if they do that, it's a sign that they believe he is their guy for the long haul. Great stuff from these two, by the way. More to come. As Dan and Tim are going to take on the final quarterback of the day, this one's fascinating. Deshaun Watson. Our quarterback show how a full-off season of work and a lack of rust can really change how last season went to this upcoming year. to our quarterbacks facing big questions this upcoming off, or this offseason. Dan Olofsky has some things he wants to see happen with Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland offense this summer. As expected, Watson was rusty when he returned from his suspension in week 13 of last year, and that rust really never wore off. In his six starts last season, Watson completed just 58.2% of his passes. That was fourth worst in the NFL, ahead of only Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, and Cooper Rush. At Brown's minicamp last week, Watson spoke about the benefits of having a full off-season this year.
2: I'm pretty far ahead as far as I was last year. Last year was, you know, as far as football has been on the field. just the system, trying to adapt to different teammates different the players, how guys run routes, you know, how Kevin calls the plays. And just being able to, you know, process the game um, at the speed I know. Being uh, a year end and being able to talk to Kevin and 80 about what we want to do and being confident about it. Uh, and it me to play
0: a little bit faster when i yeah. All right, Dan, it was a rough season for Deshaun Watson, but what are some positives Living to take away from last year?
1: Real quick,
3: just hearing that press conference, when yeah. he
0: ends it with saying play faster, I actually think he needs to play
3: slower. Now, the positives really? I do think are <laughs> the offseason. He's been there this whole offseason. He's been able to focus on football. I do think he did some nice stuff out of throwing the football downfield and empty last year. And that's going to matter for Deshaun because, Learning a new offense, being around new people. This is really like the first off season that he has all of that with a little bit of foundation in Kevin Stefanski's offense. But when I talk about playing a little bit slower, I'm talking about like getting the feel for the game of football back. He had a long time away from the game. Now, I want everyone to pay attention to the slot receiver down here. We call this first and ten. We would call this Gotti at times. It is a quick little out route. If you get soft coverage, you can see the corners off and they're going to play single high defense, meaning that corner is going to bail. This is an easy throw. That defender plays an inside leverage. Now, watch how fast the shot plays here. He catches the snap and he immediately brings his eyes there. Yeah, his eyes off of are no longer. What did you just say? They're He's off of it, right? Yeah. He's here. This guy is just running out of his cup. Look at all the green grass down here. Yeah. First and ten. Let's get that completion. Now, everything is butterfly-connected, right? I'll bring it back to the start, because you say, I don't want to throw the out. Fine, okay, Then now this is what happens. It's man-to-man coverage. This defender is gonna widen with the back on his swing out, okay? This defender is going to have the tight end and man-to-man coverage, so he's going to widen. So what happens is, I've built a play to give you a completion, you don't take it. But then I've also taken these defenders and brought them out of the middle of the field. And what I love is, they're then going to take this receiver and wrap in. So I've vacated the middle of the field with bodies. You've got an answer. Now there's one bad guy left. This is it called a kind of a whole defender, a plug defender. He's your responsibility as the quarterback. Now, Deshaun brings his eyes so quickly here that this defender sits there and goes, oh, you're not throwing that out route. I can hang in the middle of field. The reality, and Tim knows this, is the ball should be out of Deshaun's hands right now throwing that in route. That in route is there. If you have this defender just one step that way to his left, yeah. you're going to cut an in route with a vacated middle of field. Goodness gracious, that's not a good first down. That might be a chunk throw but he's a little bit late to it. He played too fast with his eyes, scribbles around incompletion, also leads to holding. So I think just getting the feel for his eyes, the feel for his feet, the feel for the timing and the rhythm, rhythm of his plays, I think,
2: this offseason should be a big benefit to that. But getting that back in game is going to be a big deal. So you think about this like the Watson comes and goes to Cleveland? It's a very different offense than he'd been a part of in the past, right? So like Kevin Stefanski, West Coast offense, a lot of those same principles. Exactly what Dan's talking about. Like that shows itself over and over again. Excellent spacing or that exact concept. Even if you know you're not throwing, which in that example, he should go ahead and throw the a out. quick little out. 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 But even if you know that that's dead, You're still starting there. Why are you starting there? Because you need it to be, you need to bring the defense there so that the whole later Mm -hmm. is exactly where you need to be. And there are concept (laughs) after concept in offenses like that, that show up. That's not like, hey, it's just this play where that's the case. And I think that is layout. That that is time away from the game. Look, pre-suspension, he was one of the five best quarterbacks in the game. He looked like a guy that was lost at times. Look, you need to play this position to get better at it. Yes. That you just do. And so I do think that between that, and then I gotta say, look, it'd be awkward going into a locker room and trying to be a sure. leader. Yeah. And so I just think those two factors kind of changing, I think will help him play. I agree. A bit.
3: And if he can get that feel back, and, and like his words are, I wanna play faster. I think the more that he gets an understanding of what they're doing and why they're doing it. Hey, I'm not throwing that out there. But Deshaun, you need to bring your eyes there because if you do that, middle linebacker will move. And then also the timing of the camp, that was a three step route. But the end is a five step route. So just getting that feel back for him. It's really going to be important because it's a it's a foundational piece for Kevin Stefanski's West Coast offense. Yeah,
0: and being on the field certainly helped, but it sounds like the Browns are going to cater a little bit more to what Deshaun has been comfortable with in the past. He better. To prove. Very yeah. successful. Yes, no question about that. We've got time for one more thing, and here is new Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield as he ran into kicker Rodrigo Blankenship at practice. He's getting a tryout, and these two played against each other in the 2008 Rose Bowl when Blankenship's Georgia Bulldogs beat Baker Mayfield in the Oklahoma Sooners, and Baker isn't one to forget, saying, quote, I still don't like you. Mm. Baker is nothing if not, like, he's got some college petty left in him. That guy will never let
3: go of a chip. Never. He will never let go of a chip, man. It's you know why he's... I think he's got a chance for a bounce you know back, but
2: he's... Oh, I heard Bank Chip was like, hey, close the yearbook, man. Wow. He didn't say that. Yeah, he's like, close the... Year. No, I don't know.
0: <laughs> Move on. This is like a <laughs> fun You're not going to get better quarterback breakdowns. than from these two, Dan, Tim, I field. We'll see you back tomorrow here. I thought he was going to...
6: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too.